We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. WinBet is now live in all these states, and the excitement of Win Las Vegas has finally landed in online sports betting and casino play. From boosted parlays to live in-game betting odds on every major sport, WinBet gives you the tools to win. Sign up today for your risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning. Aaron Rodgers looking for Devontae Adams. He's got it! DJ Moore has a pass to the end zone. Jonathan Taylor, touchdown! Hello everyone, welcome back to Road of His Overtime and Road of His Radio, brought to you by Blue Wire. My name is Colin Kelly, you can follow me on Twitter at Overtime Ireland, and I'm joined by Sean Siegel, one of the co-owners of Road of His, co-host here of the Road of His Overtime podcast, and uh, co-owner of a number of teams along with myself who were hoping to have a very successful weekend. So usually we I, I come in with some sort of uh, line trying to link in to see how we'll start off the show, but Sean, today... We're going to take the opportunity to wish you good luck this weekend in some of these uh, fantasy matchups and hopefully come Tuesday morning we're, we're as happy as we were last Tuesday morning when we scraped out that, that semi-final win. Yeah, scraping it is, is right. Hopefully the Kansas City Chiefs decide to move the ball, score some points this week. Uh, we had obviously a fun thursday night game that we don't know about yet as we're recording but we i just i feel like we're off to a good start now for you know anybody enjoying this through space and time on saturday which would be your opportunity to you will know that everything worked out on thursday night our teams are doing well listener teams are doing well and week 14 will be one of the best weeks of the nfl season yeah let's let's do a prediction so we're recording this for the listeners on wednesday evening to release on saturday thursday night football is the steelers and the vikings anyone listening knows that we are big fans of justin jefferson sean what is the stat line for justin jefferson on thursday night football well i mean it needs to be similar to what chris godwin had from an overall target perspective last week but with some more downfield shots. And so, I mean, this seems like the game where, you know, he, he puts up the 45, right? I mean, this is the game where you have your Tyreek Hill score. 
14 receptions. I mean, if Tyreek Hill can do 200 yards in the first quarter of a game, Justin Jefferson can do 300 for a full game, right? I mean, Justin Jefferson. I think the big difference this week is going to be if if Thielen doesn't doesn't go, which it seems like he won't. um, We're going to have a situation where they will have to use Justin Jefferson for all four quarters rather than just the two that they normally use him for. So we should get twice the production if he's getting targets in all four quarters. Um, but I, I do joke about that. But I, I'm guessing that I would be setting the reception line at over under 10. Um, I would guess that he's probably in that range with, with you know, the, the extra targets he should get. And I would be setting his yards. This might be ambitious, but I think 115 yards is kind of where I'd be setting over under. So I'm going to – I'll go 11 receptions for – 133 and a touchdown you going bigger or smaller well i'm just hoping now when the listeners are listening back to this he like he didn't like pull up with a hamstring injury in the first snap yeah, don't even say things like that don't even <laughs> 14 i mean so again right i mean if, if if hill can go over 200 in the first quarter 300 for the game i mean so you're going it's, for a, julio jones, it's a julio jones game Yes. Yeah. You know, 333 yards, three touchdowns. The, so he's, put, they he's, move putting him, quarter, he's putting up quarterback stats at the wide receiver position. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this is going to be an all-time, an all-time game. You had mentioned playing there in Minnesota, in the Dome, not going to have to worry about or have these excuses of, you know, 40, 50-mile-an-hour winds. They move him around. Pittsburgh doesn't match up we have a shootout now the problem with that is that coming back we don't want Deontay Johnson to have like 15 for 202 which I mean that's that's their answer right would be Deontay we talked a little bit about how they may be more aggressive and I think that could play into the hands of Harris so but I think that you could have a double digit reception game from Harris in this one I think this is a shootout I think that the Steelers know what they have to do now if they're going to be competitive they come off of this upset of the ravens you know ben roethlisberger doesn't have the arm that he used to have he's old and he's also pretty injured right but you get up there you go after it you spread him out a little bit you let him make some of these decisions in a more aggressive mindset a more aggressive tempo i think they go up and down the field a lot of points scored uh, we just need to keep guys like madison and johnson out of the end zone yeah i hope you're right um obviously we're when you're listening to this we'll be talking in the past kind of but um i uh my my concern is do the steelers actually put up enough points to make the vikings have to keep putting up points so it's gonna be an interesting one but hopefully it has worked out for us to start the week but uh sean on today's well, show a good we chance are... that kirk cousins will contribute to both sides right i mean throw some touchdown passes to justin jefferson but also fumble six pick six you know that's 14 points for the steelers right there so I'm usually Cousins like you know one of his least supportive people I would say in terms of what what he tends to do but in terms of this season um you know he's 25 touchdowns three interceptions so we'll we'll see what he does um not the oh, most so you're exciting. saying that's a pretty good a pretty good line are you yeah I think uh, you know the three interceptions is uh not too bad but we'll see that's we'll because see he's throwing I... the ball so far away from his target that the defenders are no longer in that area would that be no i'm kidding he said no, no, that, would actually, that would also be fair like i i will take any anyone that wants to have it take a shot i'll i'll accept that <laughs> but uh in terms of uh before the the game against the packers i was shocked when i heard his 
current stat line heading into it um but um yeah we'll see how it plays out but sean today we are going to answer uh, another listener submitted question we have a listener who is heading into the championship round uh, this week in the football guys tournament over at the ffpc as well and this you know it wants us to check out his roster feels like he may be set up for a, a deep run here and the big tournament then come after that so always good uh, it's been a lot of fun over the last couple of weeks getting a lot of feedback around people who maybe didn't use the you know our kind of constructions or, or processes before i know we talk a lot about zero rb but there is other variations it really comes down to the overall roster construction that we're going with but great to see some teams having a lot of success and having having good seasons hopefully all our listeners are are heading that way as we head towards other formats as well getting into the playoffs but sean going to leave this part open to you we have the option to hit on some zero rb watch from the afc we touched on some of it on wednesday or thursday show or we also have the option to dive into to some of your notes from the week that we didn't get to touch so far well Colin, let's not uh let's not save this team for the end right we've got as you mentioned the the listener squad here and they have the number two pick and one of the things that we talk about is you know what you have to do with the number two pick to make sure that you have that foundation running back and then your team still is built to win. And one of the things that's been interesting is that there are some advantages to drafting up there early. You're able to get some of these star wide receivers who fall to you because everybody else is kind of chasing at the running back position. But then you have to execute that. And then the interesting thing is, you know, do you execute well enough that you could actually lose the number two overall pick and still be in great shape in the fantasy championship? And Colin, this team starts out with Dalvin Cook, they go Justin Jefferson, Terry McLaurin, Deontay Johnson, T. Higgins, Damian Harris, Noah Fant, James Conner, Aaron Rodgers, and Darnell Mooney. So uh, Ben and I were sort of lamenting uh, Terry McLaurin's uh, disappointing stretch here on the uh, early week version of Ceiling Bananas. So we know it's not perfect, but you start with Dalvin Cook and then you go four wide receivers. These wide receivers really doing a nice job. Justin Jefferson, Deontay Johnson. <laughs> I was just saying we need to keep him. Yeah, I was, I was thinking that then. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And then we have T. Higgins, who over the last two weeks has been one of the best players in football. So you have this group here. We know Cook, actually at the point that listeners are listening to this, there's a chance that maybe he actually will be available for this game. It sounded like it was maybe more positive midweek than we had expected. If you have Cook, then you're really excited. But Colin, Damian Harris, James Conner now, the Patriots on the bye, and perhaps Harris wouldn't be able to play even if that were not the case because he did seem to pull up with a hamstring injury in the Monday night win. But this is a good example of how you can create some running back depth without overdrafting running backs. Uh, this, this, was, this was a good team, right? It played out very nicely. And again, we see James Conner as the real zero RB hammer. Yeah, and you know, I, I mentioned at the start of the season that when when I was doing these drafts and just time and time again, it was James Conner, James Conner, James Conner, James Conner. I was like, this is either going to be absolutely tragic for me at the end of the season or it's going to work out. So it has worked out all the way to here. He has, I think, you know, if we go with go running backs this season, I think you have to put Leonard Fournette in that mix. You have to put James Conner in that mix. And you have to put who wasn't drafted in a lot of leagues, uh, you know, around the the, the preseason time in Cardrell Patterson. 
all have had phenomenal seasons. So you have Connor in there. Um, interesting, you know, team overall. But I think that start that he had and getting Jefferson in there, I think the overall structure that he has allows him to take the impact of, of missing out on Cook for a couple of weeks. And in that uh, sixth round where he took Harris, Harris has looked great. Stevenson has also looked very, very good. But Harris has kind of got the bulk of the work there and the majority of the occasion. So, yeah, really, really strong team as he heads in to the playoffs obviously in the later parts of the draft there's some players that are are no longer there on his roster but um heading into this week uh or this previous week when he won in the semi-finals he had wentz connor he had elijah mitchell who had 17 points this past week deontay johnson justin jefferson t higgins so sean i mentioned on uh, tuesday show that there was some kind of trios across our teams and some of the other teams were just monster numbers put up so he had deontay johnson's 30 points 35 points for jefferson 29 points almost for higgins um he did have mclaurin who had the disappointing week so tight end has been a struggle had, had uh o'shaughnessy at tight end uh nick falk has been putting up great numbers for the patriots the kicking position is arizona as well who are getting after the quarterback quite a bit so yes yeah, strong team overall actually had harris on the the bench this past week um so i think that he's in a, a strong position here as he gets into the playoffs so he mentions in his, his other comments uh having a have a look at our ffpc championship team it's killing it using your strategies he said we even have dalvin cook on the bench uh, and we put up big numbers so they did put up 172 to their opponents 127 so you know a 45 point win is is always going to come in nice um so he was he was very happy with that he also said that elijah moore and harris were on the bench um so even with the injuries and, and things like that there's so much uh talent on the bench another sh- thing sean interesting note to look at just in terms of the quarterback position so he he also had Aaron Rodgers on the bye last week who's coming back in here so i think i think this is uh one that could be in with a, a chance here at a, a deep run if, if all things click correctly yeah, so I mean, we're excited for him here in the finals. Mentioned Elijah Mitchell. And again, you're not going to get, if you have a zero RB or a modified zero RB, you know, however you want to call that type of team, it doesn't mean you're going to get all of the best guys in terms of zero RB candidates. But drafted Connor, as we recommended, adds Elijah Mitchell in free agency. I'm guessing with an aggressive that's one I just That's one I just wish. I had done more of. Uh, didn't get well, enough Elijah Mitchell at that time. Yeah, I mean, we we bid pretty aggressively. The one team, uh, Ben and I got him on a team, and obviously that team is, is doing very well. So, you know, you have to be aggressive, but you have that choice, right? And so that part of it, I think, is a lot of fun. He's put Mitchell into this team that was drafted so well structurally. And again, we see just a huge impact from these players when the structure is there to help you. The thing that's nice about cook potentially being even available this week is that it does make us think it's more likely that he'll be available for 15 16 17 which means that this uh, listener has a great chance i think now in the fbg we know that there are so many teams and the amount of points you have to score to win the five hundred thousand dollars it's going to be a lot right but anytime that you're in with a legitimate chance right you're in with a team one of the things that was just so disappointing (laughs) about the previous week is that all of these DeAndre Swift, Debo Samuel teams that looked like they had basically the perfect lineup, suddenly it's not the perfect lineup. And not only it's not the perfect lineup, but then you've got to go in with some very you know, much deeper options there. So that's disappointing, but it's also the way fantasy football works. 
you get the benefits. You know, you can't cry too much when it doesn't work out. You're disappointed, but you just keep going forward. A team like this that is very well set up and could get down and cook back for the big race. We're rooting for you. You've got a great team. Uh, we like your chances. Hopefully, uh, we're having you on the show in a month to explain how you won the half a million dollars. So, rooting for you. Good team. Very exciting. Hey everybody, this is Dave Cabin from the RotoViz flagship podcast. Just stopping by to say thank you for listening to RotoViz Radio. We're offering our listeners a special 10% discount when they use the promo code RVRADIO2021 at checkout. Again, that's 10% off a one-year subscription when you use the promo code RVRADIO2021. Thanks for listening and keep on tuning in. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. So, Sean, that was good. Uh, you changed the structure of the, the show there on the fly. I tried to put you under a little bit of pressure to say, what topic did you want to go to next? I give you the option, but we're back to that point of the show again. <laughs> so, second time lucky, are we? Are we are we diving into some notes, or are we are we jumping into some more more backfields? Well, Colin, what were your thoughts on this game from the Chiefs? They were ecstatic about the way their defense played. They now feel like they have both parts of it. It's interesting to think that the Bills, who have looked like probably the best team in football, because they have Josh Allen, they have Stephon Diggs, they have an elite defense. They suffer the injury to Tre'Davious White. That hurts their defense some. Teams have seemed to figure out their offense. Suddenly, the Bills are kind of plummeting down the AFC rankings. The Chiefs now appear to have a defense, which is surprising and very disappointing for fantasy because it's not leading to some of the other things that we're looking for. We have the very poor game from Tyreek Hill, which put us in some difficulty that we luckily escaped. Uh, we have the team, and it was it was – we haven't talked about this a lot, but our extreme zero RB team barely missed out on the FBG playoffs in part because there was a team that made it on record that had scored lower. Again, that happens. That's, that's just the way that it works. It's not something where 
you deserve to get in. You didn't. You, you needed to win more. There, there were other paths to making it. But that team put up over 200 points last week. Uh, <laughs> as long as you're doing that, you're like, well, maybe we can win the uh, consolation. So that team has Travis Kelsey. He also didn't have a big week. If he had, maybe we'd have the 220, 230 points to put us into the top 10 or so. No, that was the bummer. I, 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 that was a bummer. And I, I know you were just bringing it up, but I scored every team in the league by at least 54 points. And the third team in the league last week um, would have been, yeah, basically 64 points behind. So, so we would have won the semifinals, is what you're saying? Yeah, well, in the semifinals last week, and I know this is like we're just we're putting adding pain to ourselves. The highest scoring team in the semifinals last week had one five nine, which is a, a very good score, but they were the second highest scoring team who who we would have annihilated. So yeah, but these things happen. We missed out by a couple of points. Uh, you know, not too po- not too bothered as you can hear. <laughs> right, right. Colin was messaging me on on uh, Sunday evening that you know it could work like this, it could work like that, and I'm like, man, that just it's not going to work out. It didn't it didn't quite work out. But we have exposure to Chiefs. Colin, you have also been messaging me that the Chiefs Packers Super Bowl is back online. It looks like it's going to happen. Uh, people are still doubting our Arizona Cardinals uh, in part because. I mean, they've got good players. That's that's definitely the case. But it's a little mystifying how they've been so solid in this stretch without Kyler Murray. And then last week they play the Bears. And frankly, I mean, they win easily. They score a lot of points. But they, when you have DeAndre Hopkins and he's not really that involved, when you have James Conner as your star offensive player, when you have people like Christian Kirk and AJ Green just kind of running around doing nothing, when you have Rondell Moore and you're not using him, and then your team is still good, it's like, ah, people feel more comfortable. And that would be me included when you have Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams. You can see how that's working. When you have Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon, you can see how that's working. It'll be interesting to see. The Cardinals have done a lot of good things, but whichever of those two teams makes the Super Bowl, and we're not even considering the fact that somehow Tom Brady and the Bucks could get lucky again because Colin, we live in a we don't live in a malevolent universe, right? I mean, it's it's just agnostic. So there's no reason to think that somehow Brady and company would get through again. When they get through, they're going to face the Kansas City Chiefs, and this is suddenly a Chiefs team that is playing some good defense. They are being forced to run the ball, which brings us back to this running back situation where we have Clyde Edwards-Alaire. Back in the week before he returned, Daryl Williams had had this fantastic performance. He makes an extraordinary touchdown catch. He looks like a guy who can be very effective with a full workload. He's back to second string. Edwards Alaire has looked fine, but I mean, there's there's not the dynamism here. And this is a little bit what the Bills face too, with Singletary and Moss and, and Brita. Singletary, we know that the peripherals are actually fantastic, and yet they don't use him in a way that allow him. <laughs> to carry the team. There are some reasons to believe that that's because he's not really capable of that, even though he does force a lot of missed tackles. What are your thoughts here on these guys? We have this game last week where Edwards Alaire has almost a two to one edge in terms of expected points. He's over 11. Williams just down there at six and a half. I mean, that won't work for you if you're trying to find someone to play. Now, if you're, if you're in kind of a, a desperation situation, as we've found ourselves uh, in our main event, you might run him out there because clearly he could score a touchdown. He does have the targets there, but when you're looking at his role, even in a game and 
in a situation now where the Chiefs have become a little more run heavy than we would like, the expected points aren't really there. Now, he outperforms Edwards O'Leary, underperforms, so these guys come in with basically 11 points each. But, I mean, this is a running game that more or less just allows the Chiefs to wait and eventually punt and the clock to run out, which, I mean, that's not very fun football. Yeah, no, it's certainly not fun. Just when you mentioned the Cardinals, I think part of the reason that, you know, the perception around them might be the way it is, is they did lose to the Packers who are also in the hunt for that top seed. So they have the tiebreaker. Another part of it is they play the Rams this week. I think that's going to be very interesting because the Rams also feel like a team who, are they all the way there or are they not? And I think that's going to be quite interesting um, to see how that plays out earlier in the season. And I believe it was maybe in week four, um, the, the Rams lost the Cardinals by 17 points, 37 to 20. So it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out this coming week. I think that'll set a lot of perceptions for which of those teams the Rams are kind of must win if they're going to try and win that division. The other thing is they feel a little bit to me like the Packers were two seasons ago where they kind of won a lot of games, but those kind of were they good, weren't they good? And then they got blown out by the 49ers. So it kind of feels similarities. But yeah, um, sorry to any Buccaneers fans out there, but let's hope it's not. Tom Brady and the Bucks getting there this year um, again um, for all our six. Um, we feel like we're just we're stuck in a time lapse. He's just on a different a different roster at this point. But moving back to the uh, question at hand in terms of the Chiefs, it's it's just not clicking for whatever reason with the Chiefs. Whether that's you know we we seen this past week with the situation where they're kind of going towards potentially scoring pass to to hell who kind of deflects it and it's an interception we've seen like so many of these bizarre interceptions throughout the season for the chiefs and then we've had plays where you know it is on mahomes and there's interception so the offense has been kind of struggling at certain points we've seen it where it looks like it's going to pick up we've also seen them kind of have a reliance on edwards alaire in terms of i know we we joke about it like you know they drafted him over jonathan taylor and what would this team be like with jonathan taylor but it almost feels at times where they're like well we drafted him in the first round we just need to we need to get something out of him here and show that we weren't wrong so i don't know if that's actually what's happening but it, it feels like that at at times and and with edwards alaire back in the mix he is getting more work again than than Darrell williams and it, it, for me it seems to be when you see the plays that Williams is making and you see the plays Edwards Allaire is making, I think, you know, if it was my choice, I think I'd be going to try and give a lot of those extra touches to Williams. We've seen him have the big week a couple of weeks ago. Um, you know, I, I think that they're a lot closer in, in talent than, you know, draft slot would have had them. And uh, I, I think we're going to keep seeing that. I also do think that there's just, like, those concerns at the start of the season as to how the Chiefs' defense was doing. They were giving up a lot of points. So I think... Also, the Chiefs defense getting a little bit better, but I think the run game and and you know lowering the opponent's opportunities to score is helping with that as well. So, a lot of questions about the Chiefs, but you know they've kind of they've got through that really hard stretch of schedule, and you know I'm not going to be one bit surprised if they're in that kind of second, third seed come come playoff time. But yeah, it's 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 not been a, the explosive Chiefs that we've we've seen for the last kind of two seasons before that. So we'll see. How, how that plays out sean before we do wrap up is there is there one other team or one other note that you want to hit Colin, i think the other i mean one of many interesting storylines from the previous week but the one that jumps out when we think about that chiefs broncos game now, we've spent so much time talking over the last couple of weeks and especially this week 
the Thursday show about Javante Williams. The other part of this is just how bad the Broncos passing game looks. And, you know, you, you have this contrast between Derek Carr and the Raiders and them not having any weapons. And then the Denver Broncos who have so many pieces and yet uh, they just can't get anything done. Right. And Teddy Bridgewater, it seemed like a strange choice in the same way that, you know, Sam Darnold seemed like a strange choice for the Panthers. Now, you know, with hindsight, we can go back and say, these were clearly bad decisions. Some of these teams that don't have a QB, you've got to take some risks. You've got to keep churning through it. I think that one thing you really have to do, even though it's difficult, is you just have to keep drafting quarterbacks until you hit on one. And then at that point, you can start to build everything else, right? But, uh, I mean, this is, it's not just disappointing. This is beyond disappointing with the Broncos. And it's beyond disappointing, especially within the context of some of the arguably strange decisions that they've made recently. Now, to an extent, it matters less for us because we have a chance on some of the teams, you know, outside of Dynasty, to get back out of or not just to load up on KJ Hamler again for next season. But you wonder if there is some concern about the long-term viability of, of his needs when you see those contracts for Cortland Sutton and Tim Patrick, it, you wonder how much communication there is within the Denver building. Because if you're going to be negotiating these contract extensions for Cortland Sutton and Tim Patrick, I mean, the offensive coordinator has to have some kind of impact in terms of saying, you know, look, I mean, these guys are part of the offense. Because we now have the last two weeks, right, which is approximately the time period since the extensions, where Cortland Sutton has four receptions for 32 yards. Tim Patrick has three receptions for 35 yards. I mean, these guys have combined for 67 yards over the last two weeks. And, you know, in Patrick's situation, there's there's not even really the peripherals there now with Cortland Sutton he does have nine targets he has 132 air yards again for two weeks that's not a lot for him I mean he was putting up bigger numbers than that by himself uh before Jerry Judy returned now Judy has been the main guy six catches 102 yards you know he's being used underneath which is a little bit disappointing considering uh he was one of the air yards monsters last season you know, they're going to have, at least in some way, shape, or form, K.J. Hamler at some point next year, you would think, as a potential vertical threat. There's no sense of identity. And some of the things we talked about all season, and we're like, well, you know, will Jerry Judy come back and give them a little bit of that sense? Will Albert O getting healthy give them a little bit of that sense? If they go to one running back, you know, will you get that? And the answer has always been no. I mean, they just, they have no ability to execute any kind of offense that makes sense. One of the interesting things that we heard recently from Kyle Shanahan in terms of why Trey Lance doesn't play even in packages is that it hurts his play calling rhythm, right? He's calling certain things. He's looking how the defense is reacting. You know, he's trying to match up with what the defense is doing and call plays in a sequence that allows them number one i mean you've got to move the ball you've got to get first downs you've got to score points it can't be something where we're setting up the one perfect play for the fourth quarter <laughs> if you're doing that and you haven't scored that play is irrelevant 
you're, you're trying to, to move the ball and score points all along, but you're trying to stay one step ahead of the defense and to get better as the game goes along because you know how they're reacting to you, that you know what they're trying to take away, you know how they're playing certain formations and certain objectives that you have. The Broncos just have no semblance of any of this in any way, shape, or form. And I mean, it, it's hard to put it all on Teddy Bridgewater. Now, in this game against the Chiefs, the Chiefs, I mean, they've actually morphed into a pretty good pass defense. We know that while it probably wasn't to the extent that we saw in the Bills-Patriots game, we do know that there was some wind issue here. And, you know, if you're Teddy Bridgewater, uh, I mean, the couple of guys who always kind of stand out, I mean, these guys who wear the gloves or who, you know, obviously have the small hands and, you know, I come to it from the perspective of someone who is six feet tall, but can barely pull a basketball because like my fingers like barely come out of my palms. It seems like, so when I can understand having, having the small hands and not being able to grip the ball, but you never want Andy Dalton in a bad weather game because he can obviously not grip the football when there are any conditions, you know, Teddy Bridgewater, maybe a potentially a similar kind of thing. It is one of the, I mean, it always sounds sort of absurd at draft time, but it is one of the reasons why you want these quarterbacks with the massive hands. But I mean, Colin, when you're looking at this team, it, just none of it makes any sense in terms of how they call the plays and how they use their wide receivers. Yeah, no, it's it's, it's really uninspiring. I know we talked a lot about Javante Williams and, and how good he's looked, but yeah, the, the rest of it has been, you know, very um i don't know if tepid or lukewarm is the right word it's very vanilla and there's not a huge amount to get you excited about and i am a teddy bridgewater fan as a, a person and what he has uh, achieved and come back from his injury and things like that but in terms of what he's doing over the last period of time as a, a quarterback is, is not really set up for this team's success and i know we've talked about you know they were all obviously in the kind of Aaron Rodgers conversations last offseason and they're probably going to upgrade it quarterback this offseason but yeah until that happens it's going to be it's going to be hard to get overly excited and for example this week and we we have drafted no fant in a, a huge amount of leagues and we haven't really been starting in the last couple of weeks but gasecki is another one of our guys who's on a buy this week so we will be starting fant so it just feels like you know if it hits it's going to be more luck than you know decision making this week um it's very it's it's not very exciting to, to watch this Broncos team I made a joke I don't know if it was on the show or off air earlier this week where they kind of they play up to the the good opponents but they also play down to the bad opponents but it's not really that they're playing up to the good opponents it's that the good opponents just like sink to their level so um I guess what I'm saying is they make the bad teams better and the good teams worse is kind of the way I would say and they obviously they obviously had a great performance against the Cowboys but outside of that it's it's not been good recently They've they've got the ability. I mean, their overall team is built. Well, their overall really team good is depth, stacked, yeah, right? Yeah, I mean, they've got. Yeah. I mean, they've got a good enough defense that trading Von Miller. I mean, if anything, they seem to have improved since that point. It just quarterback is the position that matters in football and matters, you know, perhaps more than any other sport. And they don't seem to have that figured out. But I think that beyond Bridgewater, I mean, they need more talent from a coaching perspective. Right. I mean, there you you have the skill players in that offense to where even with very poor quarterback play, and this is far below what the Panthers were able to do last season with Bridgewater. And, and we know where the Panthers are now, where they're firing their coaches and they're not happy with any of the things that they're doing. The Broncos have more talent 
or at least their contracts would suggest that they have more talent. And yet I mean, they just can't move the ball. I mean, you have to have play design. You have to have schematically a, an attack that will work. And they, they just don't have this at all for them to have Cortland Sutton and to stunningly not use him. Now that Jerry Judy is back, it makes no sense to have Jerry Judy and for him to still, I mean, for him to come back and to throw a wrench into the seasons for other wide receivers, but also not be a star himself. Again, it just, you've got to do a better job. And so if you're a Denver Broncos fan, if you're a fan of those receivers, you hope that they make some adjustments and improve as we go down the stretch here. Judy's dynasty value, especially, I think is going to be very contingent on how fast he finishes now. But I expect them to make adjustments over this final month to allow Judy to really emerge and then Sutton to play off of him in a way that allows those air yards to be some of them to convert and for these guys to be a big part of what they want to do going forward. I expect them to score more. I just, I don't see how they can't. I mean, even though we know that coaching is crucial and it's not necessarily just something where you can flip a switch and we've seen with some of these other offenses now that are struggling, the head coaches are firing offensive coordinators in order to kind of, you know, try and push that blame off of themselves. But I guess I just have too much belief in the talent level of these receivers and too much belief in that that's what makes an offense work to think that the Broncos stay this bad for the last month of the season. So we'll be looking at the Broncos carefully down the stretch here to see what Judy and Sutton can do. And let's hope that involves more fantasy points and more, more scoring from an NFL perspective. But that's going to bring us to the end of today's show. Hopefully you have enjoyed listening into this one. Thanks for sticking all the way through to the end. If you do want to sign up for a road of his NFL pass and haven't done so already, you can get access to all of our content and tools ahead of, I guess, the playoffs, ahead of the offseason, ahead of the draft and everything in between over the next year uh, with code RV Radio 2021 get you 10% off your NFL subscription over at rotoviz you can go to rotoviz.com forward slash podcast for more information we had a massive amount of podcast content this week for you so if you're listening to this on saturday you're looking for some more stuff to to get into there was two episodes of stealing bananas this week so check those out with ben and sean we also had our three regular shows and then we had uh, those extra draft shows that I, i reposted if you want to check those out and of course we have a a stable of other fantastic podcasts across the road of his radio network including the flagship show with dave and curtis and then we have the mailbag and much much more just a, a lot of stuff in there to head on over and listen into that's going to do it for this one though my name is colin kelly you can follow me on twitter at over martin my co-host as always is sean siegel check out sean's work up on rotaviz.com and until we're back next week good luck in your fantasy lineups and fantasy matchups this week hopefully you have a successful week and we'll be back on tuesday with another one have a good one thank you for listening to overtime and rotaviz radio please rate and review the rotaviz radio podcast on itunes or your favorite podcast app you can contact us via email at rotavizradio at gmail.com follow us on twitter at rotaviz radio and remember you can always support the pod by subscribing to rotaviz with a discount through the rotaviz radio homepage rotaviz.com forward slash podcast everyone is talking about magnesium it's all you hear about but why what do we know about magnesium well magnesium is the number one mineral that 75 percent of americans are deficient in if you are a woman over 35 magnesium will help you rediscover balance energy and vitality 
Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.